I'm from Oakland. Be advised. <laughs> you gotta say more than that. Do I? You gotta say like we cuss there or something. Do I? Hey y'all, I'm Jen. I'm from Oakland and I'm an androgynous black lesbian feminist and a lover of all black people. This is Darren. I'm an asexual novelist, researcher, and bona fide comic book fanatic from the widest part of Southern California. Orange County. We're queer millennials with three kids and nearly 20 years of marriage. This is a podcast about the realities of blackness, adulting, and relationships. This is That Black Couple. you doing i am podcasting okay see now i want y'all to know that we actually this is take two and the (laughs) last time that i asked him what he was doing he said sitting next to me and then i said you're podcasting and so actually just now he cheated because that was the answer but he took my answer that was that was like the pre-test and you know you take the pre-test to prepare for the final test no no and you get the answers right Mm-mm. on the final test because you took the pre-test and, and you looked at all the mistakes that you made I wanna, and you prepare for I a better want, future. I want y'all to see this Taurus man for who he truly is. A winner. Cheater. <laughs> this is episode 40 of season 3 of That Black Couple and I've got some great news. What great news do you have for the listeners today? That do these are these people young enough to know Tony, Tony, Tony? Everybody knows Tony, Tony, Tony. No, they don't. They should. Tony Tony is 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 woven into the black diaspora fabric. Raphael Sadiq is woven into the black diaspora musical time. Yeah. But Tony 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 is not. Raphael Sadiq is Tony Tony Tony. Oh my god. That's rude. There are two other members. I know, but but he wrote them like Oh my god. It is his genius. (laughs) So you saying he the Beyonce of Tony Tony Tony? Don't look at me like that. What is he not? I'm, I'm not saying he's do, not. Do you know their names? But you can't say, but nobody says that Destiny's Child is woven into the musical history. We they say, are. We say Beyonce. But Destiny's Child is. There are a lot of people who are, I don't know if you know this because we're old, who were born and are in their, you know, 20s, who don't listen to and have never listened to a Destiny's Child song. Well, then there's something wrong with them. Wow. What do I, I don't know what to say here. For all of our listeners. um, Bills, bills, bills. (laughs) Ladies, leave your man at home. (laughs) The club is full of ballers and their pockets full grown. (laughs) I'm sorry. This, this is legendary shit right here. (laughs) Oh no. I just want our listeners who are in their, you know, twenties and their 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 early early twenties and and maybe even late teens to excuse this man because he is elderly and he doesn't understand that it's possible to not listen to Destiny's Child and still be up on game. And all the fellas leave your girl with your friends. Oh my god! Because it's eleven thirty and the club, and the club is jumping, jumping, jumping. jumping. That's true. And the video was jumping at the same time. I mean, the camera moved. Yeah, I guess clubs don't really jump. Clubs anymore. do not jump. No, they don't jump. And they don't wear clothes where everyone's wearing pink and orange crop tops. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a fun time. Okay. You you might you might. We were all dressed like Blossom and Clarissa explains it all. It was a it was a floral moment. 
It was a floral moment. You, know, you really were. I'm sure there are people listening. They're like, what the fuck? That was, a, that was. What the fuck that was, is a Clarissa? Right. That was the late <laughs> 90s, early 2000s, babe. And I don't. I'm patting your knee gently to let you know, honey, that was 20 years ago. It's okay. I can accept it. Okay. And I want you to also hear me when I tell you, Tony, Tony, Tony is much older. Much older. So as I was saying. But it never rains in Southern California. Oh, my God. <clears throat> All I was saying was that it was our anniversary. <laughs> we have been recording this podcast for five years. That's one of my favorite songs of all time, y'all. What? That's how, that's how I know I'm old because the song come on and then I want to do a two-step. It's our anniversary. It's our, it's our special day. Do you know what today is? I feel like he got credit too because a lot of men don't know their anniversary. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh my God, this man is saying about an anniversary mm-hmm. and he's asking her if she knows what today and, is. And he was telling y'all what to do on he the anniversary. He said everything. Tonight is a special day, not just any day. He talked about taking showers, getting mm-hmm. dressed. He was buying flowers. flowers. He had in the song a prescription for how to treat someone on the anniversary. All, all you had to do was follow. This, this, this predates TikTok when you can just like Google, you know, yeah. Google it and say, okay, what, what did TikTok say I should do? Yeah. You had to listen to the songs. Yeah. He said, Victoria will be a secret at the mm. end of the day. That's it's songwriting. anniversary. That is songwriting, ladies, ladies Victoria and will be a secret. That's got no, layers. No, no, no. That's not the lyric. He What's said, the lyric? Victoria will be no secret. No secret. That's even deeper than I thought. We're exposing her secrets. He says she's going to come out the closet. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's even. I thought he was going to say, will be a secret. Like, ooh, I'm about to get up in there. Ooh, secret. No, he's, like, no, he's, like, he's like, ain't no secret no more. Oh, he nasty. Come that on, was. Victoria. Oh, see, I was a, I was a very, very uh, <laughs> conservative child. I thought he was saying, will be a secret. No. Well. No, you got cool. you got that one wrong. Ooh, okay, Raphael. He was about that life. Yeah. All I'm saying is, Darren, it's been five years. Five years. Congratulations. This is our 40th episode. We are talking about the summer of Black Renaissance. And if you have been around in the world doing anything with your body parts that help to hear, see, feel, and think, you have noticed something about Beyonce and the Renaissance. We are going to talk it about is, that. It's in the air. It's in the air. It's in the ephemera. It's moving through the dirt and the ground when we put our toes but, in the grass. But you know what? This is reminding me. When her last album dropped, mm-hmm. the same thing happened. We said yeah. there's, like, there's something like... like Beyonce is the epicenter she of, is. of cultural movement. She is. Because when Beyonce moves, we all move too. Well, you know, she's a Virgo and she's an earth sign, which means that she's tapped directly into the earth's energy. So I guess it kind of makes sense that she moves all of us simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> You're feeling a little bit too, too tough right Listen, now. Listen, my birthday coming up, okay? And as everybody has said... I'm almost the same birthday as Beyonce. My friend said the other day because she a day away. I said, bitch, me too. She said, no, you're not. I said, I am only six days away. She said, it doesn't count. How? Who Who made the rules? What's the cutoff? There is no cutoff. I'm in September too. I count. I'm really close. I think all Virgos count. Thank you. We're all Virgos. Let's not have any Virgo dissension. Let's stand together. <laughs> Didn't Beyonce say that? Beyonce says One more time. Wasn't her? And Stand no up. one will be left behind. Stand up for love. Stand up. Is that what you're saying? I believe that was Destiny's Child. That was Singing Beyonce. That 
The part I'm singing is Beyonce's verse. Yeah, you're singing Beyonce's Thank part. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Y'all, go get something. Go get some tea. We sipping tea on this episode because we're talking about how Virgos just run the world. I mean, that's not the whole thing we're talking about, but we are talking about Beyonce. We're, so ta- we, we're talking about a lot more than Virgos today. Excuse me, I said that. Okay. That's my line. That's my line. I get to say what I want. Go ahead and finish. I don't correct you when you tell them to go stream us on iTunes. So let me have my moment. Thank you. Why would you correct that? Why would you correct what I said, little Taurus hater? Because don't, it was incorrect. Don't be mad. It was incorrect. Don't be mad because under the umbrella of Earth signs, you are the cousin. The cousin? We are the root. The Taurus is the root. Virgos is the root. No, if you if you if you talk about the, I don't the, care what Google the says. astrology and the compass of the astrology, I don't care what the compass. The and Taurus the says. is the representative. I'm of the talking Earth about real life much. where we all live. Nobody can live without a Virgo. You know, Tauruses lay the groundwork so that Virgos can fly. Okay, Tauruses are less light than Virgos. Like I said, Tauruses lay the groundwork. <laughs> People be like, "Oh my so God, y'all so stubborn and y'all always eating." Is that not what they say about y'all? <laughs> See, you couldn't even say nothing. All you could do was laugh. It's true, though. It's true. It's true. It's true. You're stubborn. You're always hungry. And all you want to do, and all you want to do is lay down. And that's why we're so great. And that's why you couldn't be Beyonce. We we over here minding our and own listen, business. And you couldn't be Beyonce because you know what? Sometimes we can't lay down and eat. But you know, Torsons don't want to be Beyonce. <laughs> exactly. Beyonce works too hard. Exactly. My point. We agree. But like I said, Torsons lay the groundwork so that Virgos can fly. All I'm saying when, is when that Virgos are tired, they come home to, to the Torsons. When Virgos nigga, are tired, they come home to nigga, the Torsons. you are not the wind beneath the wings of Virgos. Like, Ooh, let me just rest in your bosom. <laughs> I will beat your ass. Your bosom of rest. I will beat your ass. Am I wrong? No. Thank you. But that doesn't change the fact that Thank the you. Virgo goddess Beyonce has spoken. True. Have a seat, everyone, including Darren. Darren, have a seat. I'm, I'm already. I'm already sitting. Sit down harder. Okay. This is that black couple. I'm Jen. And I'm Darren. Before we get started, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at that BLK couple, on Facebook at that black couple, and look us up on the internet at our new shiny website, www.thatblackcouple.com. And you can find us everywhere all over the internet. If there's a podcast located there, you will find us there. That means iTunes. That means Google Play. It means Stitcher. It means SoundCloud. All Hold on. I want to jump in like you jumped in on mine. Wow. You see, you see how Virgos do? <laughs> what you got to say? Nothing at all. I just wanted to interrupt oh, okay. you. Then let me go ahead and finish what I was going to say. Like I said, you can find us in all those places. If you stream podcasts there, you can stream us there. Um, and you have to share all of our episodes with your friends because if you want to be somebody and you want to go somewhere, you got to wake up and pay attention. That was a good one. It's, it's true, though. They it's, might not know where that's from either. They don't know, but, you know, it's wise, sage words that have stood the test of time. If you want to be somebody and you want to go somewhere, you better yeah. wake, wake up, up and pay attention. Now, if y'all know what that's from, tweet us, <laughs> Instagram us, because my girlfriend does not care for that movie and does not think that people care for that movie. And I, I, I don't agree. I was on a dating app the other day, and somebody said that's their favorite line from a movie. That's a that's a good. Come on, man. it's a great movie. Come on now, it's a good it's a good line. It's a good song. It's it, it's acted well for all. So many of those people be their first movie 
I don't want to talk about it right now. I'm offended. I'm it sorry. hurts my heart. It hurts my heart because I love her, but she has. That's my meta, and I love her too. She but... has questionable taste. Ooh. I asked her if she wanted to come to the podcast. We can't talk shit about her until she's here. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> we love you, girl. If you say it to the face, you can you can say it on podcast. That's true. We love you, girl, but you got bad taste in that particular movie. <laughs> okay, y'all. This is a rundown episode. You know how this goes. Yep. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yep. We're gonna talk about all the things. Yep. It's going to be quick. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. And to lead this off, mm-hmm. what I want to talk about is the greatest movie currently playing in theaters. Oh, it is. It is. The movie is titled Nope. 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 Jordan Peele snapped on this movie. He did that shit. There's a lot of people that had a lot of stuff to say about it. I don't know why. I don't know why. Clearly, the messages went over their head. I don't know they why. They were very simple. They are very straightforward. Very subtle. Very they, clear. They missed it. They, they missed, missed it. it. And I don't know how they missed it, but they did. Listen, 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 listen. I am not a Jordan Peele stand. I, stand. I was not a person who watched Key and Peele when it was on television. Um, I'm always a late adopter, especially when people are light-skinned. Okay? Damn. So, for me, two light-skinned, cisgender, heterosexual men who date non-black women on a comedy show did not feel like my genre right fair so when jordan peele said i'm gonna start making horror movies i was like man can watch that shit and i love horror i love horror and i love sci-fi my two favorite genres so i was like jordan peele's gonna make movies they're gonna be awful now let me tell you something right here when get out came out i said i don't know who this motherfucker is but i went back and started watching key and peele yep I said, okay, clearly he's brilliant. <laughs> clearly this man knows something. He went off and veered off and did us. Questions on that. Yeah, we're not, we're not going. It wasn't the worst thing I've seen. It wasn't the worst thing I've seen. It just, it just wasn't get out. It wasn't get out. And then he made nope. And holy shit. And I don't know if it's Daniel Kaluuya's ability to act with just his eyelids and retinas. If it's the, the acting in the iris of da- Daniel Kaluuya. If it's the acting in the in the skin tone and the, the eyebrow raising of Daniel Kaluuya, I don't know what Daniel, I don't know. I don't know what Daniel Kaluuya does. And I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I just watched this man play Fred Moten and I was like, he's Fred Moten. He looks nothing like Fred Moten. He's channeling. This man in Nope was probably the best part of the film. And he acted his part with so few words. Yep. And he was such a black man in a a rural town in America. And he's not even fucking from here. And you and I are both from California. And somehow the movie started and we was like, where they at? That looked like California. They're giving California vibes. And the more they acted, the more they felt like Californians. It felt legit. And I don't know how this happened. I don't get it. I'm stressed the fuck out. I need to see it again. It was fantastic. It's probably going to go on my list of favorite movies of all time. And I'm bothered. And the thing is, you know, we're not going to get no spoilers because if you haven't seen it, number one, what the fuck is wrong with you? But number two, we don't want to spoil the experience. Hold for on. You. I'm lighting the blunt. And you don't have to cut that out. You good? You lit? I'm good. Okay. Yeah, so we're not going to spoil the movie for you, but it's an amazing movie. It's so good. There's so much commentary it's in so it. It's so good. So much commentary in it. Daniel Kaluuya, like you said, he 
he has this this insane ability to act with no words yeah. throughout an entire movie. A whole movie. It was like, wasn't it like two, two and a half hour long movie? Start I'm to like, finish. Yeah, like five lines, I swear. Very few lines. And then, and then you know, also, I got to give it up to Kiki Palmer because I don't know. I don't know how she played that role. She somehow was the little, the annoying little sister that bothers everyone. Yeah. But was also someone that you, you really were rooting for. Yeah. And you understood and I, you feel like she was a part of your family. Yeah. Yeah, and the acting, the acting, especially like you said, for to represent someone in California, a black girl in California, I was like, yeah. my God, I know her. Yeah, she yeah. got on my nerve. She got on my fucking. I was nerve. behind her in line at Chipotle. You know, yeah. like I, I, I knew this girl. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing I will say about Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer always overacts. I don't know. I don't. You know, we all have a kind of an orientation towards spirits. We, we all have a technique. We all, as we, no, I'm not, I'm not even. I'm not even moving toward technique because I think this is different for for Kiki because mm. I've seen her acting since she was a child. This little girl always been like this. And what is her sign? Because I feel like that little girl. Something about Kiki, she just channels older black auntie energy too much for yeah. me. Sometimes I yeah. just feel like she she walk around acting like she smell like nutmeg and and <laughs> she's not that old like. Girl, you're not Lerda Divine yet. You know what I'm saying? You, you're not Alfred Woodard yet. I mean, you can be there in what? Another 25, 30 maybe. She's going to be amazing. She's going to be great. She's going to be great. When she, when she steps into the role that Angela Bassett not even in yet. You know what I'm saying? When she steps into the role that Viola Davis ain't even in yet, you know what I'm saying? Well, and she she does an amazing Angela Bassett impersonation. She does because she's an old woman. <laughs> and I love Kiki Palmer. I think she's adorable and she's beautiful. And I love that she continues to play queer folk, you know, on TV and in her movies. I love that she's playing around with gender and sexuality and, and embodiment and the way she dresses. She dresses kind of like androgyn and she dresses mm-hmm. kind of tomboyish, you know what I'm saying? And I think that that's adorable. But I wish she would just be her age sometimes. Yeah. So I will say I did like her in the movie. There were some parts I liked more, but I do sometimes feel like she just doesn't act her age. Now, it wasn't distracting. It wasn't bad. There were parts where it was actually completely appropriate. And I love the fact that Jordan Peele is a comedian because he manages to make you laugh between the horror and the trauma and the sadness. And that to me is, let's talk about technique in terms of like horror and sci-fi as someone who loves horror and loves sci-fi and used to watch alfred hitchcock with my mother mm-hmm. and used to watch tales from the crypt with my mother i have seen all manner of horror i have seen the traditional classical genre i've watched like the exorcist when i was way too young to watch that shit you know like i watch killer clowns i watch you know campy dramas campy horrors so i've seen all of it so when i watch jordan peele i'm like whoa he is studying like mm-hmm. he has done the work. He has sat and, and really thought about the kind of movies that he wants to make and how he wants to intermingle them with questions around blackness and identity and family and humor. And that's what I enjoy. I think I like the intellect. I like the intention. He's not lazy. Yeah. He's not just giving us any old thing. Kind of like my nigga M. Night Shyamalan. Yep. And that's what, that's what I was going to say is, you know, M. Night Shyamalan, one of those people, you know, a lot of people have questions about this. They don't like it, whatever. He's not your cup of tea. I get it. But for me, the, for both of them, to me, they're very thoughtful very. movie makers. Very. Like, when I watch the, the their movies, when I watch the angle of the camera, when mm-hmm. I watch how much they zoom in, when I see what is in frame and what's out of frame, when you listen to the sound, when you listen to, when you see the different colors, the hues of, like, there's, there's every 
frame mm-hmm. in those movies, you know, is something that was meticulously thought out and planned. Mm-hmm. And I just have such a deep appreciation for people who take their art that seriously. Agreed. That I, I don't know, like, of course it's not perfect, but I don't know why people watch something that is really like a masterful work of art like that and then go, mm, I don't know. I know. I, it just, it just, it just angers me mm. on the inside. It feels flippant. Yeah, it's, it's it's disrespectful to me. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe you didn't like it, okay, but appreciate respect it. the yeah, respect the craft. Yeah, I mean, I will agree with you because you know we came home after watching Nope, and the first thing we wanted to do was watch in my Shyamalan movies, yep. Signs and Lady in the Water. Yeah, and people didn't like Lady in the Water because they want they wanted to jump out their seats, and they wanted they wanted um, the ring, the grudge style, uh, the conjuring style horror. And what Shyamalan was trying to do was tell a story about purpose and hope and our connectedness to community and healing. You know, he always wants to talk about healing. Shyamalan is trying to make movies that are about liberation and political shit. Yeah. All the time. Even signs. We've got aliens, but it's all about politics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what's interesting, as you were talking just now, I remember um, Paul Giamatti in uh, Lady in the Water is a moment where, you know, because he plays the super and, you know, there's a moment where we we get pulled into the scene because he is surprised. Yeah. And he he's looking, you know, at this foe and he's trying to figure out what's happening and make eye contact. And then he realizes that something's happening over his shoulder and the angle that we're that we're sitting at, we're experiencing all that with him. And then he looks over his shoulder, but we don't look yet. So we still don't know what's going on. So we're still looking at the foe. So we're still like, oh shit, look at that thing. Like this is creepy as fuck. And as he's looking over, then we click. Oh, there's something else happening. And then we pan back yep. to what's happening. And it, and the music changes and the moment shifts. And it's like, holy shit. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I enjoy about Jordan Peele movies is that even, so this one in Nope, he's also trying to to, to channel Western horror and western sci-fi which is really complicated because it never had black people in it really you know what i'm saying it was playing somebody's sidekick or slave right and so you know there are moments like that where you get pulled into the story where the characters are also confused or are also trying to figure something out and you're sitting there looking like holy shit what the fuck is about to happen oh my god and you can see the character go nah bro i'm not about to do that you know (laughs) and you're sitting there like nah me either you know and it's like you get pulled in so deeply into this world and it feels like such a complete world and i don't think that a lot of of movie makers can do that to put you in a world that is complete and whole I, i don't think honestly i don't think that they try they don't Right, because that's not their goal. That's not their intention. Mm-hmm. And I think, and once again, that's why I look at these these filmmakers and I just put them in a different category because right. what they are what they are trying to achieve is different than what everyone else is trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Right. When I go to see a Jordan Peele movie, my expectations are set in a different way. Absolutely. Than when I'm going to see anything else at the theater. I agree. Because I, I because I've seen his work, I've seen his dedication. I've heard him talk about how much he loves film and how much he appreciates the art form. So I expect that what he puts out is going to represent that mm-hmm. in a way that no one else, as a mainstream filmmaker, is going to be able to do. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So I think the time has now come. The time has come. It's time to usher in Beyonce, the goddess of Virgo energy. 
and this damn Renaissance album. Earth Mother. I'm sorry. I'm excited about this. Mother of her house. First of her house. <laughs> King Beyonce. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to be honest. People were like, oh my God, the whole album. It's an unskippable album. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, listen. It's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. And to be frank, as someone who's not historically been a huge fan of house music it has me wanting to listen to more house music i am enjoying it mm-hmm. i love this this uh, uh release the trade moment i love this rupaul's drag race pose moment i love that there is a mainstreaming of uh ballroom culture and uh, this kind of sub altering culture of queerness and black trans life and i think that is beautiful and that's one of my favorite things about the album so for me it's not just like oh are these songs pretty it's more like what was she doing what was she trying to do back to the conversation we just had with M. Night Shyamalan and jordan peele like you know artistry it's it's artistry. a very it's a very it's a very creative and a very complex album that you can see this woman's artistry and i really appreciate that and the thing is honestly when Break My Soul came out, I was like, mm. I was super underwhelmed. Beyonce might have done jumped the shark because this is not that's not it. This is not my type of type of move. This is no. not how I get down. No. Um, but then the album came out and I listened to it and I was like, artistry. And now I like Break My Soul. And now I kind of like Break My Soul. And and the thing is, like like we said, artistry because I'm and I've said this before. I like to listen to all the different layers, the backgrounds, mm-hmm. the beats, you know, all the choices. And there's there's so many choices. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a, just a wealth of riches when mm-hmm. it comes to choices mm-hmm. on this album. Like every single song from from each bar to the next bar, it's mm-hmm. choices, choices, choices. Yeah. And then she put out this "Break My Soul" remix, the Queen's remix, yeah. where she she mashed up "Break My Soul" with "Express Yourself" by Madonna. And yeah. I'm just like, I mean, I'm queer. Yeah. But I'm not queer like that. Yeah. But also, it's it's. It's a different kind of queer. It's, give, it's, it's giving. So good. It's giving in a way. You're like, that, okay. <laughs> where are my nipple stickers? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know how you did that. Let's go dance. But you did it. I know. And I appreciate it. I'm trying to tell you. I told people on Twitter. I said, Beyonce just, that's the, this is the gay agenda. That yeah. She just dropped the gay agenda. Everyone who listens to this album is now gay. If y'all was worried about what the plan was, you was like, oh, they're going to change all our kids gay. She just did it. That's what this album is. If your kids listen to this three times, they're gay. And the, the thing that I also love about Beyonce is because she's at a point in her career where she don't have to do shit. She don't. She she can sit on her couch and eat popcorn the rest of her life if her she wants to. Whole life. So everything she does is full of intention. But she's not a tourist, so she wouldn't do that. No, she wouldn't do it. But uh, <laughs> she is a Virgo, so, she, so she's like, she I would something. be too bored. What do I? What am I going to do? I'm going to do I'm a whole house album. <laughs> I'm going to dedicate it to my my gay uncle who raised me yeah. and, and made my prom dress. Yeah. And I'm going to turn the fact that he made my prom dress into a complete phrase that the entire queer community can now rally mm-hmm. around. Right? That's what Virgos do. That's, what that's Virgo do. energy. That's Virgo energy. Um, now, there was controversy as there's always controversy always you know there was she she used some language um that was ableist yeah um she used a teeny 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 tiny sample um from Khaleesi's milkshake mm. um and if you're alive you've probably heard about it so i'm not yes. gonna go into details about yeah. about that whole situation but like a virgo boss does mm-hmm. didn't say shit didn't she apologized for the ableist language yep 
like in a statement, like Removed we, it. there's no video of her. We don't, we don't see her talking about it. She's not tweeting about it. It was just a statement. And she went and she just removed that shit. She mm-hmm. removed the language. She went and she removed milkshake out. And she said, we're, I'm, I'm we're still moving. Here. Like she said, what's next? She said, I removed the problem. So the conversation should be over. This and, is, this is Virgo energy. This is Virgo I, energy. I told people, this is how Virgos move. Oh, you have a problem with something I did? Oh, I did do that. You're correct. Let me go fix it. Okay. All right. You did. Okay. Bye. We're not, we're not fenced to go back and forth with you. We're not, we're not going to engage with you. What reason do we have to do that? She, she has bigger things to be We have bigger with. things. We have better things to do with our time than to go back and forth with you niggas. Now, again, this whole thing with this Kali sample, that is something that, that, requires its own conversation because sure. the, the, the the points that Khalees brought up, I think were fair right in relationship to how she has been treated in her career. Absolutely. The problem is Beyonce is a Virgo and she knows that shit don't have nothing to do with That's her. I was going to say, you know, who's not responsible for any of that. She's not Beyonce. responsible. Pharrell owns, Pharrell owns her masters. She's had issues with this in the past. He continues to exploit her music and her sound mm-hmm. and her, and her, and her vibe. It's a vibe. We all know Khalees' music is very specific. And she's right about this. Mm-hmm. She's right about the fact that she has had a specific impact on hip-hop music in the last two decades. She has. Very true. But you know who is not involved in that conversation? Beyonce. Now, and I could have I gone with her if Beyonce had just, you know, kind of played a part in that exploitation. Mm-hmm. The, the part that didn't make sense to me and why Khalees was upset with Beyonce was Beyonce went ahead and gave her a credit on the song anyway. A song that she didn't even write. She didn't have she didn't have to give her shit she because her she doesn't own the masters. Right. And because she didn't write the song, right. she wouldn't give her a credit anyway. She sure did. So to me, honestly, I'm not Khalees, but and, and I can't imagine what it would be like to be Khalees. I haven't lived her life. But in my head, I just thought to myself, if I'm Khalees right. and I'm already in a fucked up situation right. that legally I know is my fault and I just fucked it up anyway. Right. right? I the trust music the people. industry is anti-black as fuck. Right. I trust the people I shouldn't have trusted. Yes. But legally, I can't do shit about it. Right. If there's a black woman who's the sister to one of my friends, Solange Knowles, anyway, mm-hmm. right, and she goes out of her way to give me a credit. I don't know why I don't just sit down and eat my fucking salad. Eat your salad. And just move on. If she was a tourist, she'd eat a salad. She would, No, she wouldn't have ate a salad. She would have had a she, burger she, she fries. She would have had some barbecue. And a milkshake. A milkshake. She, she would have she ate good. Uh, is she a tourist? Off of the money Let's that she was going to get from now, that credit. Now I want to know if she's a tourist. Because <laughs> she can't be a tourist. I mean, she has a farm and she she's, she's a foodie. So I could I could see I could see it. But but yeah, the, ver- the, the energy... For me, no, it's, it's really it's giving really, fire sign. It's not it's not giving Taurus energy. It's giving me. it's giving fire sign or, or water for me. Unless unless as we talk about the, the oh my god, nature. I said it, didn't I say it? Where? She's giving fire sign, and what what do you think she is? Aries, a Leo. Ooh, oh, we should have known. I see it. I see it. We should have known. We should have known. We should have known. She got a Leo sun and a Leo moon. She and that makes sense. She just wanted credit. She she wants to be given her flowers. My God, my God. And I think if Beyonce had a publicly done done something and, and called her out and said how great she is or whatever, you know, maybe. But notice on that that Break My Soul remix, she wasn't listed. Mm, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at her chart. Ooh, can I call it? Stop! Stop reading her chart. Her chart is full of Leo. Oh, Leo, uh, Cancer. Oh my God, she's oh she's stressed out. Yeah, she 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 working with a Poor lot. Poor baby. She she got a lot to get through. Poor put. Po- oh, Scorpio. She's Scorpio's dominant in her chart. 
and Sagittarius. <laughs> Didn't I just say it's giving fire and water? Can we talk about how spot on I am? Come on now. I just, but the thing is, I, I just want to be fair to Khalees. At the end of the day, I want to be fair to her. Mm. Right. Mm. Hold on. Let me just finish this real quick. Oh my God. You still read her chart? I am. Leo Sun. Leo Moon. Leo Mercury. Wait, she got a Leo Sun and Moon? Listen to me here. Ooh. Leo Sun. Leo Moon. Leo Mercury. Leo Venus. Cancer Mars. Leo Jupiter. Virgo Saturn. Scorpio Uranus. Sagittarius Neptune. Libra Pluto. Virgo North Node. And Taurus Chiron. Her dominant signs are all fire with a sprinkle of water. Oh my God. I called it. I called it. I'm not going to lie. I feel like that's one of the worst charts I've heard in a long time. <laughs> no shade. I still love Khalees. Get along with you. Will forever be a bot for me. I love Khalees. I, I adore that, that light-skinned woman. But honestly, I just feel like she came out the gate on 10. And everyone was like, hey, hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Like, we love you. Yeah. We love you. We love you. We love you. Please calm down. Like, don't do this. Don't do this. And it's not, again, we are not even Beyonce stands over here. We're not mm-hmm. in the beehive. We, we're not those people. We've never been like, oh my God, Beyonce. That's not what we're doing here. We're just saying, listen, bro, black women, you know, let's, let's, let's stick together. You know, she, she was trying to give you a writing credit on a song you didn't write. She had the tiniest of samples. That's the biggest album that will probably be in existence for the next five years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is an opportunity to elevate and be like, I'm so grateful that Beyonce included me on this sample. Yeah, it's a win for you. But she could have also been like, but I want to also draw attention to the fact that I don't own my masters and Pharrell continues to exploit me. Mm-hmm. She could have used this as an opportunity to, to, to up Beyonce and to draw attention to the fact that this is an issue in the, in the, in the music industry. And I just don't understand why you can't do that. Cause Leo's always got to burn shit down. Fucking fire signs. Stop burning I mean, shit down. It's clearly it's clearly a very sore spot for her. Right. Jesus. And I get it. I get it. She's upset about it. But like, you know, why why use this moment for negativity? Bro. Especially when you think about the album. The album itself is it's, it's all about positivity. All positivity. All Every of it. Every track from to back is just positive and, building up. And you know what? We know that she's mourning. She's recently lost her husband and I I want a whole space for that as well. But I just think that I'm glad that Beyonce just closed it off so it wouldn't drag on. And I wish Khalees the absolute best. But I just, I really wish well, that she had handled it a little bit differently. I mean, and the thing, the thing, this is, this is, I saw some people saying this and I thought it was hilarious, but it's so true. And it's also Virgo energy, right? Like, Beyonce didn't ask her own mother for pictures. She yeah. had her team do that. Yeah. Why, why, pray tell, do you think Beyonce is going to ask you for anything? Especially, especially if she doesn't need to. Yeah, especially if you don't own the masters, right? right? Beyonce is someone who is so so busy, but also so unbothered at the same time. She's yeah. like, number one is my family, so fuck all y'all outside of that. Right. Anything that I do and produce is a gift to you. It is. It's a gift. It is. No shame. I could, like, like I said, she could sit at home and eat popcorn naked for on the her couch. For the next 60 years. For the next 60 years. Yeah. And still be able to say, I have had an indelible mark on right. the entire arc Right. Billboard, ha- we have evidence here. Like she, all of her albums, all of her albums are are record setting. All of her yeah. singles are record setting. She is that bitch. It's she not, is. It's not a question. She like how Serena is the goat who just retired. Serena is the goat of tennis, just like Beyonce is the goat of music. This is this is how it works. Serena is the greatest athlete of all time, and I think arguably Beyonce is the greatest entertainer of all time. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know how we could argue anybody else. Arguably, I mean, people will always argue, but the, the the fact is, even if you're arguing, she's in the conversation, right? And you can't say that she, she has shouldn't to be. In be. It. She has to be. Now, no shade, but I I couldn't say that Khalees would arguably be in that conversation. No, she never. She's would. a great entertainer. She's done great things, but you can't. Beyonce got more than two decades in the game, and she only thirty seven, bro. This bitch, we're going to be living with Beyonce for another two, three decades until she just feels like not doing it no until more. She, and, and then, you know, maybe five, ten years later, she'll be like, mm, I feel like doing it She'll be like, here's time. a Christmas album you know. with me and me and Blue Ivy and the kids. Seeing duets. <laughs> Harmonizing. <laughs> here go Kelly's kids and my kids <laughs> on the album. This podcast is supported by generous donations from our patrons and listeners. Become a supporter today by heading to www.patreon.com slash media. You can stream the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. When you listen, please consider hitting that heart button, sharing, giving us a five-star rating, and leaving some dope comments. This helps us with our paid drinkings and gets more listeners for the show. Thank you so much. All right, so let's move into a part of the conversation that's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Brittany Griner. Yes. So Brittany Griner is probably one of the most popular WNBA stars. Um, she has been in Russian custody since February, and um, she was taken into custody traveling in Russia because she has to play basketball there to supplement her income as a WNBA player because in the United States, we don't play women enough for their labor. No, we don't. No, we don't. And this is what happens when you don't do that. Right. So she, you know, goes to Canada to. Nope, not Canada. Sorry, I said Canada. <laughs> my. Not the same. Oh, my God. <laughs> so she goes to Russia to um, play ball and gets intercepted at the airport they go through her luggage and find that she has less than a gram of cannabis oil in her uh in her items if anybody smokes weed you know that less than a gram of cannabis oil is uh tiny i mean it's 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 very small um it's it's so little um that you can buy it for for less than a hundred dollars in most places in the united states it's it's not like some huge um, quantity of marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it takes up uh, probably as much space in your bag as a writing pen at most, at most, maybe even less. So we're talking about a very small personal amount of uh, marijuana that she has later stated that she's also like someone who deals with anxiety. And so that this is something that she uses to manage her anxiety, which is an actual thing mm-hmm. for many of us who know, who you know, have anxiety. Right. So what has happened uh, since she was taken into custody? She's been sentenced now to nine years in Russian prison after, you know, months of this kind of languishing back and forth where we were not sure if folks should blast it out on the Internet and say anything. The family said they didn't want to say anything. President Biden and, and uh, Vice President Harris got involved kind of late. Um, and there was conversation with Russia about uh, exchanging a known murderer who has conspired against American citizens um, to get her back because Russia's fucked up. And of course, they're using this as an opportunity to uh, do more harm to us. Um, so this has been really awful. And a lot of people, you know, I've been talking about this online. 
um, are not recognizing that this is really a, a issue or they're using her as a political pawn, right? Um, this is, we know that Russia is currently in a war with Ukraine and this is part of how they're trying to manipulate um, our relationship um, with, with that region and, and trying to do us harm in the process. So part of what's coming out of the conversation is what Griner's response has been and how she feels about her experience. And, you know, if anyone's seen any pictures of her um, or, you know, just how she's moving, you know, it's, it's really, really sad. Um, she's indicated that, you know, I, I know that one of the things that she said after the verdict came down, she said, I hope this doesn't end my life. And, you know, I've been talking about this to people online about, uh, you know, black women and how we're frequently called upon to uh, look out for the U.S. and to be the saviors for the U.S. But when uh, black women are in dire circumstances, when black women are vulnerable and in precarious moments, you know, we're left alone, you know, we're abandoned and this to me feels like a, a, a quintessential example of that. Somebody, you know, I think it was her basketball coach said, if it were LeBron, you would have brought him home. Mm-hmm. And I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. What, what her coach said was, the question is, would Tom Brady be home? Mm. And the coach's name is um, Vanessa Nygaard. Yeah, Nygaard. She said, but Tom Brady wouldn't be there, right? Because right. he doesn't have to go to a foreign country to supplement his income from the WNBA. Right. Right. And that's the thing, right, is, is there's a second class citizenship status mm-hmm. of I'm not going to get paid even as a professional athlete, the same way other professional athletes would. I'm also not going to have the same level of notoriety and care, right? Like mm-hmm. if Tom Brady had been detained in the U S Oh, it, it, it would be war. We would be shooting missiles. Literally. over there, Right. And so, and, and the fact that she's still there, the fact that there's this whole childish, like Dick measuring situation mm-hmm. ab- about this. And, and like you said, let's, let's trade a, a known terrorist for a basketball player who smokes weed. Right. Like that's, that's an equal trade in, in some weird dimension of existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just infuriating. It's also infuriating that this is a black queer woman that's right. experiencing this. Right. Um, you know, as if she doesn't already have enough that she's dealing with. The, <laughs> it's like, Hey, let's throw you into a Russian prison for smoking weed. You know, right. it's just, it's so infuriating. It speaks to a lot of systematic issues that we have in this country. Yep. Um, and it's also just distressing to to get this play by play and watch her just be left. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I do I do have confidence. And I don't I tend to not have confidence in government, but I do have confidence that that our government will do what they have to to get mm-hmm. her back. And they probably will do one of these ridiculous trades. Mm hmm. Um, but to me, to me, the fact that it's even this much of a conversation mm-hmm. that has gone on for this long, mm-hmm. that this is even occurring, mm-hmm. um, it's so representative of so many of the issues that we have in this country. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is the thing that's gotten me is like, you know, after this happened to her, she was detained. They had her sign all these documents that she wasn't even aware of what they were. They weren't explained to her. She didn't have her rights read to her in a timely fashion. And, you know, she had these vape cartridges that were prescribed to her from a medical professional. That's what she testified. Mm-hmm. But um, when they tested her to see if she had any uh, marijuana in her system, she didn't. She was clean. So it's kind of like, well, and they're like, well, you're smuggling. Smuggling? Literally less than a gram? Like, that's, uh, that doesn't. If, if you're trying to smuggle, you're the worst smuggler ever. You're the worst smuggler ever. Because you're, you're not, you're, just you're not really getting just... much money off of right. off this illicit activity. Right. And so. 
you know, it's clear that this is not based in fact. It's not based in, in her intent. It's not, it's not based in, you know, any real truth around how she intended to move. She was going to work and something was in her bag and they're making an example of her. And it's very sad because people are not outraged enough. I just don't think yeah. that I, I just don't think I'm seeing it enough on the news. I'm not seeing it enough from white folk. You know what I'm saying? White folk were like, rah, rah, George Floyd, anti-police, abolition. And then this black woman gets arrested in Russia for having less than a gram of weed in her bag. And they're like, mm-hmm. but, but even beyond that, right? Even beyond that, if we, if we wipe the slate entirely clean, this is a U.S. citizen. Yeah. Basically being held hostage in a foreign country. Yeah. To me, this is one of those things where, like I said, no matter who she is, black, white, orange, brown, no matter what her sexuality is, what her orientation is, any of those things, right? This is a U.S. citizen that's being treated like this. Yeah. Everybody in this country should be up in arms about it. Absolutely. Everybody. But a lot of people think she deserves it because she had marijuana. A lot of people think she deserves it because they think she's a criminal because she's got tattoos, because she's gay, because she's masculine, because she's black. You know, which, what I'm which speaks to the current status of the environment that right. we currently live in. Right. And I think what's concerning me is that, you know, nine and a half years, nine and a half years is obscene, mm-hmm. obscene. And it permanently alters the shape of her life, you know? And I think that folks don't think enough about how incarceration even for the six months she's been there it changes your life you know what i'm saying and it's just people are so careless and they're so flippant about how these these experiences traumatize black folk and that's the part that i wish folks would talk more about is that she's already been in prison in russia in a country she doesn't even speak the language in mm-hmm. for six months so she's already encountered who knows what kind of violence. We don't even know what has happened to this woman. And that's where I'm like, you know, like y'all don't y'all don't love us. You can find my mom and dad, aka that black couple, on the web at thatblackcouple.com. That black couple is owned and operated by Color Combos Video. If you would like to help fund our content, sign up at www.patreon.com slash color combos video. Please consider giving us 5 or $10 per month to help us build our platform and grow our organization. You can also give one-time donations at www.paypal.me slash media. All donations are welcome. All right, we're back. We're back. And, you know, I, I kind of want to end this episode on a little bit of a somber note. Yeah, I guess you do. Um, But also just giving reverence to two amazing amazing black americans that we lost in the month of july okay those two people are bill russell and michelle nichols uh both legends both both history makers in their own right um if you don't know who they are i will tell you who they are so bill russell is arguably one of the best basketball players of all time he played on the celtics Um, He won 11 NBA titles over his 13-year career. He averaged 15.1 points per game. He shot 44% from the floor. He averaged 22.5 rebounds. If you are a basketball fan and you're into stats, you're probably thinking those stats are interesting because they don't really match up to the stats of current players. But that's because he played in a different time. Um, There were far fewer players. There was a different playing style. Um, 
But but what's really important to note about someone like Bill Russell is that he was a black man born in 1934. You know, he was born in Louisiana. He was pushed out of Louisiana because of racism. He landed his him and his family landed in Oakland. Um, and then he ended up playing for the Boston Celtics. And if you know anything about Boston, you know, it's also one of the most racist, if not the most racist cities in the entirety of the U.S. So you can imagine during the time that he was playing how bad it probably was um, to be a black man living in that city. Um, but what but he meant a lot to the black people that lived there. He was an entry point for them. He was a black person that they could celebrate. You know, he was a representative for them in a lot of ways. Um, and to be honest, you know, as someone who lived in that time, he, he faced a lot of racism. You know, he, as I just said, he won 11 NBA titles playing on that team. At the same time, the white people really dismissed him there. Um, he was achieving all of this stuff where, while his home was being burglarized, while, uh, people were smearing feces on his house. Right. And so he's, he's someone I, I think we have to definitely remember and respect, um, for the contributions that he made as another example of a black person achieving and let's say overachieving in spite of incredible, ridiculous um, obstacles that were placed in front of him. Now, to be honest, you know, I'm not I'm not a basketball fan. So, you know, Bill Russell, to me, was not someone who I personally had a connection to growing up. He wasn't someone that I personally idolized. But as I said, he is someone that we need to pay immense respect toward um who we need to have immense um reverence for but what i will say is michelle nichols is someone that for me i definitely have a personal connection with i am someone who has loved star trek the entirety of my life um and as she played lieutenant uhura on that on that show she was you know a black face on a sci-fi tv show um, which was a big deal at the time a huge deal at the time um big for representation um, not just as a black person, but as a black woman, like this is, this is really, really unheard of at the time. Um, and she's someone who, you know, a lot of main, a lot of major figures really looked up to and respected. Um, she was an actual friend to Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. completely respected and loved her in the work that she did. Um, she was someone that people like Barack Obama, uh, Stacey Abrams, you know, they grew up on and, and really once again, had an immense impact on their lives, being able to see her on screen. The other thing that I want to point out about her role um, on the original series of Star Trek was not just that she was a black woman on that show, the only black person on that show. Um, you know, this was this was meant to represent a time in the future, right? That's what Star Trek is all about. It's about looking into the future and seeing what humanity could become. So the fact that she was there was a big deal to say, look, black women can be here and can have immense contributions and be incredibly important um, to to the progress that we make as a human race. But also that show, um, for better or worse, really did do a lot of work to try and progress things in America. And one of the, one of the most um, atypical things that they did on that show is they actually had her in one episode kiss Captain Kirk. Um, which is a really big deal. Um, this episode aired in, aired in 1968. Um, it's this is is recorded as what people like to say as the first kiss between a black woman and a white man on an, on American television. Um, the episode, just to give you reference, aired in 1968, and as I said, that is one year after the U.S. Supreme Court uh, Loving versus Virginia decision was struck down. 
And that law was against interracial marriage. So that really gives you a backdrop for what the political climate was at that time, where we were really still legislating and deciding, you know, can black people and white people even be married? And she was on TV kissing a white man. Um, that is some boss bitch shit that she did. Like that is some real groundbreaking shit that she did. Um, at that time, you know, Gallup polls show that that less than 20% of Americans even approved of interracial relationships, right? So this this shows you the type of woman that she was. That she was like, I'm doing this shit. It's going to air on TV and people are going to see it. And I know it's going to ruffle a lot of feathers. I know it's going to be a shock to people's systems. But as I said, that show was really all about showing the potential that we have as humanity, that we're not living in the current moment, but seeing that we could seeing what we could achieve in, in the future. And even beyond that, right, she does have this legendary career of being um, on the series and, and being in the, the Star Trek films. But outside of that, she also was instrumental in getting um, black female astronauts into NASA. NASA came to her, and, th and this speaks to the true impact that she had in her role. NASA came to her directly and said, we want to work with you because we want black women to be astronauts. And she actually went out and recruited black women to be a part of NASA. This this shows you the the true impact of the work that she did and how much respect that she has, not just in entertainment, but even just among those um, that work in the field of, of looking to the stars and, and being scientists, uh, working in STEM, right? She is that instrumental. She is that much of a representative She's that loved with, within that community. And that shows how much work that she's done. And I just really wanted to take a moment and highlight these two people, highlight the amazing work that they did, and make sure that we don't forget those whose shoulders we stand on. I love that. You like it? I do. Thank y'all for listening. Before you go, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thatblkcouple, on Facebook at thatblackcouple, and look us up on the internets at www.thatblackcouple.com. Bye.